There is gold in the Guadalupe Mountains of West Texas. There has been tiny gold nuggets and gold dust coming out of the Apache stronghold for years. But there is one mother lode that has eluded prospectors and treasure seekers ever since. The winding mountains, the twisted trails, and the crooked streams are physical parallels to the story of a lost mine filled with gold nuggets. This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 4, Episode 1, The Lost Sublet Mine of Texas. Guadalupe Peak, the highest point in Texas, rises 9,500 feet above sea level, just below the New Mexico line. It is a beacon from all sides. The long, narrow chain of mountains above which it towers extends with gaps southward clear to the Rio Grande and northward for nearly a hundred miles. Geronimo, the much-feared Apache leader, once said the richest gold mines in the western world lay secret in the Guadalupes. And gold brings about a fever, and this fever westward expanded into the far reaches of the desolate Apache lands. One such man who had gold fever was Old Ben Sublet, who took his wife and children into the new territory and tried to make a living while searching for gold. He had difficulties prospecting, sometimes living in harsh conditions, wearing nothing but rags and going with little food. His wife and children suffered as well, and eventually his wife died. Sublet, with two little girls and an infant son, pitched a tent beside the new Texas and Pacific Railroad track section house near where the town of Monahans now is. Here, he found comfort in knowing that they would at least have shelter, some food, and fresh water, and perhaps meek out a living working for the railroad. Sublet took odd jobs, and the children were often given charitable donations of food and supplies. But the mountains were calling Sublet. The fever would not lessen. Taking two bony horses on trade and borrowing a buckboard, he set off with meager supplies to start prospecting the local hills and mountains. He was warned he was going to either starve to death, fry out in the sun, or meet his end by an Apache arrow. But Sublet continued day after day, week after week, continuously looking for gold. He managed to only find dust here and there, and was able to purchase just enough supplies to live day to day. Without much success in worrying about his children, he moved to Odessa, where he could find more employment, where he whitewashed saloons and dug wells. His eldest daughter took in washing, and soon the family had enough funds to live a lot more comfortably than in a tent by a railroad outbuilding. But every time old Ben looked around, he knew life was not going to get much better than this, unless he did something about it. The mountains were calling. The gold was out there, and he knew that somehow he could find it and make life a lot easier. And it just wasn't a hunch. Old Ben Sublet had been trapping and prospecting in the White Mountains of Arizona years previous and was told by an Apache he met about the Guadalupe and the fortune that is hidden in these mountains. Townsfolk called him crazy. Strange old Ben, foolish old Ben. 
They thought his story about meeting the Apache was a tall tale. That is, until he was gone for an unusually long time prospecting and returned on his rickety old buggy. He hooked the horses in front of Molly Williams' saloon and staggered in. He bellied up to the bar, invited everyone around, and said he was buying drinks for everyone. Crazy old Ben. What was he thinking? The bartender smiled, but turned away. Those in attendance snickered. Suddenly, a buckskin pouch hit the bar wood with a thump. The pouch spilled its contents of nuggets to the surprise of all. Boys, he said, I have been poor, but I ain't poor no longer. I can buy out this town and have plenty left. Drink up. The saloon broke out into cheer and drinks flowed freely. Between drinks, Ben went out to the buckboard and retrieved a small canvas sack filled with gold. Friends, he said, drink all you want. Drink all you can hold. I have at last found the richest gold mine in the world. I can build a palace of California marble and buy up the whole darn state of Texas as a backyard for my children to play in. Let's celebrate. Every few months thereafter, old Ben would go out to the mountains alone and generally bring back thousands of dollars worth of gold. He didn't spend much of it, however. He preferred to show it off and reveled in his fame. Men tried to follow him and ask him where the mine was, but old Ben told them to mine for themselves. Being rather strange and spontaneous, it was impossible to track when and how or what old Ben was up to. Sometimes he would camp out in the mountains and do nothing. Other times he would hunt or fish or go in circles just to confuse those on his trail. Old Ben got a proper roof over the children's heads and dressed them in new clothes, the first they ever had. But he himself wasn't flaunting wealth and prosperity. He dressed the same and was very conservative with the spending. He kept his money in a bank in Midland, Texas, which was operated by W.E. Connell. When the funds were low, Connell noted old Ben went off into the mountains and came back with cash and replenished the withdrawals. Where he exchanged the gold for hard money is unknown. Connell and a rancher named George Gray asked old Ben if he would tell them where the gold mine was. They would offer him $10,000 in cash. But Ben laughed at the proposition. He told them if he wanted, he could dig up $10,000 worth of gold within a week. Connell and Gray laughed along with old Ben. But when he turned, they started scheming. They hired a cowboy named Jim Flanagan to track Ben and report back about his routes and locations. They purchased a good horse and kept it at ready at the livery stable while Connell watched the bank account funds. When they dropped low, he alerted Jim to follow old Ben closely. Jim tracked old Ben for over 70 miles, but then suddenly he lost him. By the end of the third day, Jim returned to Odessa, but old Ben had already returned a day previous and had deposited money in the bank. They suspected old Ben had a cash somewhere along the Pecos River, but after months and months of searching and tracking, they came up empty. The scheme was eventually abandoned. The next year, 
Old Ben made an acquaintance with another old-time prospector, and an instant kinship formed. Like Old Ben, Grizzly Bill had been poor all his life and prospected for the sake of prospecting. Old Ben told him the location of the mine, as he said there is so much gold there that it is just too much for one man alone. Grizzly Bill, with the knowledge, set off the next day. Within a few days, he wandered into a tavern in Picos to show off his newfound riches. He bought drinks for everyone and downed a lot more liquor than he should have and was talked into a bronc riding contest for fun. Grizzly Bill lost his hold, was thrown, and died instantly from a broken neck. Old Ben later met another fella, down on his luck, and told him the directions to the mine. This fella came back to Odessa several days later with canvas bags filled with ore. Instead of establishing himself, he threw a party that lasted three days straight. When his gold was used up, he set off to find the mine again, but he got lost. Wandering for a few days, he returned and demanded old Ben tell him again where the mine was. But Ben was furious that the man was so careless with his riches and so stupid for getting lost. So, this fella spent his entire life trying to rediscover the mine. He died in a small cabin in the Guadalupe, unable to do so. Rufus Stewart tells us another tale of the lost mine. He says, in about 1888, several officials of the Texas Pacific Railroad hired him to guide them on a hunt into the Trans-Picos area. He led the party down by the Picos River to hunt for deer and pronghorns. During one night, while on guard duty and weary of the Apache threat, he watched a wagon pull up with a single horse. The driver was Ben Sublet, whom he recognized and previously met in Odessa. Rufus invited old Ben for coffee, and the two settled down near a campfire. Ben told him he was on his way to the mine, and it would probably be his last. He was getting old, and he had enough money. He asked if Rufus wanted to come along, but Rufus said he could not abandon the men as a war party of Apache were said to be in the area. Morning came, and after a good breakfast, Rufus rode with Ben to the top of a blue mound, and looking west, old Ben, with the help of a telescope, told Rufus the approximate location of the mine. Old Ben departed for the mine, and the men remained in camp and hunted the grounds. Three days later, Ben returned with a sack of large gold nuggets. He poured them out for the men and said he was going back into town. Rufus later rode up to the Blue Mound and tried desperately to find the landmarks and location of the mine, but was never successful. Hey guys, if you are looking for some great travel advice, check out www.experiencethis360.com. There are some amazing travel guides to cities such as San Diego, Memphis, and Phoenix, and locations like Italy and France, as well as exotic locations like India and Thailand. You can read the travel guides at experiencethis360.com or listen to them as a podcast. You can find the podcast on their website or at your favorite podcast directory like iTunes, Stitcher, or Player FM. There are also great travel articles and topics, including how to fly to Europe super cheap, or where to find the cheapest and best backpack for travel. 
check it out at www.experiencethis360.com. As old Ben was nearing his final days, it is said that he told one final person the location of the mine. He even took him to it, lowered him into the mine via rope, and told him to continue on the legacy. But after the visit, his son, Rolf, would never recall where the gold mine was. As a grown man, Rolf tried desperately to find it, but to no avail. Old Ben died in Odessa in 1892, and even though his children lived comfortably, there wasn't much wealth left behind. His bank account was near empty. Some researchers believe that Old Ben had no such hidden mine. They claim that the geology of the mountains conclude that the weathered sedimentary rock structures of the Guadalupe was once an ancient undersea, algae reef, and is not conducive to the formation of gold ore. The geologists say that in order to have gold deposits, there needs to be some sort of volcanic activity previous, and according to records and test samples of the area, none has been detected in the mountains. However, more recently, a geographic expedition found evidence of intrusive igneous rock on the south-facing slopes, and perhaps evidence of ancient volcanic activity. The area is interestingly enough where the sublet mine is said to be. Others still doubt the possibility and say that perhaps old Ben stumbled upon an old Spanish gold cache left by the conquistadors who explored and mined the southwest. Others say that maybe he happened upon an Apache gold cache. And still, others say that there is no gold or cache and that Old Ben was involved in holdups of freight wagons and rail cars between El Paso and the east. The description of the masked robber matches Old Ben, and the outlaw was never brought to justice. The Sublet family still lives in Texas and New Mexico, and many have tried to locate their family's lost mine. Treasure seekers worldwide have tried to find the lost mine, and today, the mystery of the lost Sublet mine is still that, a mystery. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Madia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler.